617 response report of shots fired. The Coroner Talk podcast takes you behind the scenes with coroners, clinicians, and death investigators from around the world to provide training, news, and interviews from leading experts in the area of death investigation and scene management, bringing real stories and solid training together in one source. Now, here's your host, Darren Day. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Coroner Talk. I'm so happy that you joined then this week for another great training episode of the Coroner Talk podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a very heavy subject. We're going to talk about teenage suicides, suicides in general, but certainly more specifically to teenage suicides. I don't want to get into that very Uh, deeply here in a moment. I want to share some writings with you from a young man that committed suicide a couple of years ago and some things that you might want to look for as an investigator as some things that you might, uh, you know, want to know. Uh, I'm not going to get a lot into announcements today. Of course, if you're interested in our training, go to cornertalk.com, click on a training link. uh, You can find all that out there. But I want to just get into the the topic today and, and just talk about this issue of teenage suicide. Now, not every suicide will leave a note. Most suicide subjects don't leave notes, actually. And there's only like 25 to 30% of suicides that actually have a note with them. But it's vitally important for investigators to look into writings in journals, uh, not only in handwritten journals, but also in electronic apps, uh, cell phones and computers, things like that, because there could be not only a suicide note per se, in those apps, but also it could be journal entries and things that would give the investigator the insight into somebody's mind that they were contemplating suicide or that they had past attempts. So finding those things, of course, is very important. Now, in the case of teenagers, it's always difficult to work a suicide from a teenager. You know, suicides are hard anyway, but but when it's a teenager, a child, you know, and the older I get, the, you know, these they may be teenagers, but to me, they're all still kids and, and, and uh, babies. And it's just a sad situation. And we want to know why. It, it, one of the things I want to point out here is in the absence of a note, of course, we want to make sure it's suicide and not a homicide. But we also want to know why they committed suicide. And that's part of this history we talk about in training. Because maybe they were just depressed, they suffered from mental illness, but maybe they were sexually molested. Maybe they, in some way, had had some abuse. Uh, Maybe something happened in their life. Maybe they're being bullied at school. All of that is very important for you as an investigator to find out. That means you have to talk to friends at school. You have to look at social media. You have to interview people in the family. Because if the child committed suicide then you need to know why and was it preventable and is there anyone that could be charged with a crime? Not not that it's your job to look to charge somebody with a crime, but if someone sexually molested a child, number one, that's a crime in and of itself. And if that activity pushed that child to commit suicide, that again is also a crime. Also, if there's a bullying, whether it be online or in school, and a, a child has committed suicide because they had no other options, or at least they felt they had no other options to get out of the bullying. So you have to look for these things. Sometimes the writings will be 
like I said, in handwritten pages, sometimes in electronics, but you have to find these. Now, whether you need a search warrant or not depends on your state, depends on what you're getting, what you're looking for. And sometimes it might be on the family computer, then more people have access to it. Also, by looking at these electronic devices, you can find searches that they have done. Maybe they've searched for certain prescription medications, uh, how to overdose on that. Maybe they look for hanging. How long does it take to hang? Is hanging painless? Things like that. They look for things suicide related. Then that also will go into deciding whether or not this was a suicide. And what I want to share with you today is going to be some letters that was written by a young man, like I said, a couple of years ago, that killed himself over, and we don't really know why he killed himself, actually, mental illness for the most part. And, you know, it's, CDC will tell you that between the ages of 15 and 24, suicide is a leading cause of death, second only to accidents. And this child fell within that realm. In fact, he was a little younger than that. I believe he was 14. But he fell within that realm of teenagers that committed suicide. And that's second only to accidents. That's a, that's a lot of children that die. And of course, environmental factors, psychology, mental illness, bullying, substance abuse, all of those things go into the reasons why a teenager might commit suicide. And one in five teenagers in the United States seriously consider suicide annually. That's a lot. And according to CDC's uh, data, in 2003, 8% of adolescents attempted suicide. Now, that's an old report. But as I found uh, certain suicide statistics as we get closer, of course, to 2018, uh, it's actually a lot higher than that. And it's uh, represent approximately 1 million teenagers a year attempt suicide or thought suicide. And nearly 300,000 receive medical attention for their attempt. But that leaves a lot of other teenagers that gets no medical attention for it. But then about 1,700 to 2,000 teenagers die by suicide every year. Uh, around 2,000 teenagers die of suicide a year. That's a horrible statistic. Currently, the most effective suicide prevention program for teenagers in the, is to talk to mental health professionals, educators, and people who can understand what they're going through and help them categorize their thoughts, their problems, it, whether it be mental illness, depression, bullying, what is it? And if it's mental illness, then that's another whole factor. If it's bullying, if it's abuse, something like that, we can fix those problems. Mental illness is something that has to be fixed a different way. But if the teenager doesn't tell you, then you don't know. So we have to ask. And I think as parents, as investigators, as grandparents, as aunts, uncles, I think it's our job to sometimes just ask teenagers in our life, hey, what are you going through? Have you ever thought about this? Are, are you having problems? Maybe I can help. A lot of times you can tell by their reaction whether or not you need to go further. And I would invite you to go further and to ask them because what you don't want is uh, somebody in your life and your close family commit suicide and then ask yourself the whole time, huh, I never seen it. I never knew. But yet you never ask. So I want to share some letters with you and then I'm going to come back and close the show. This is going to be, like I said, kind of emotional, but I want you to see the mind of this little boy, what he was thinking, how he was dealing with life. And 
there was a lot more writings than what I'm going to share with you today. I just wanted to share you some of them. But there was a lot more writings that he that he wrote over the couple of years prior to him committing suicide. And he was struggling a lot with mental illness. And he knew he had a mental disorder. He knew that. But he didn't know how to reach out for help. His parents said that he had at one time uh, made an, a, kind of an overt act, not really strongly, but an overt act. And he did see a counselor and things, but that had been a long time ago. But he was continuing these problems, and it seems from the other writings that he was afraid to tell anybody because he was afraid the next step would be hospitalization, and he didn't want that. And he also uh, felt that he would be weak, um, didn't know if he'd be in trouble. Um, And of course, with mental illness, he also wasn't necessarily thinking rational. In some of these writings, he's reaching out for help. He wants to help, but he doesn't want to ask for the help. And he's just he's just being you know conflicted and and uh, it's it really shows kind of what some of these kids are going through. And again, as an investigator, you need to look for these type of things. If you just go in and somebody has committed suicide, and and you rule it a suicide because you don't have any evidence of homicide and and whatever, I think you're doing an injustice in the case. Number one. Because you need to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was a suicide. Otherwise, you're going to have to rule it an accident or unknown or something because you can't rule something a suicide unless you can articulate in your investigation and in your report that it was suicide. So in absence of a note that you know they wrote or could prove that they wrote right there or something, looking back into journals and things will give you a better indication that they had the propensity to do that. So without any further delay, let me go into what these notes say, and then you'll get a better understanding of what I'm talking about, and then I'll close the show and let you just contemplate on what you've heard and what you need to do going forward when you find these type of cases. February 2nd. Do you ever just feel empty? I feel empty, alone, and cold. I'm so tired of this emptiness, this hopelessness, this constant exhaustion. I just want to end everything. I just want to sleep. I repeat these thoughts, emotions, and everything. What is the point? It gets better for a minute. Then it backslides. Cutting, crying, dying, insanity. Am I insane? All I want is to be normal like everyone else. Because being unique isn't all that amazing. My uniqueness is mental illness. Nothing glamorous or cool about that. I want to just let myself fall apart. I'm sick of hiding. I'm sick of cutting. I'm tired of hiding my wounds, trying to drag myself into the light. And the more I see the light, the further I fall into the darkness. So close yet so far, so damn far. I want to give up, but I also want to be happy. How can I be happy? Truth is, I can't. March 17. I was happy, optimistic, lifting up other spirits when they fell down. I felt God. I was happy. But today I crashed. I took pills. I cut. 
all to feel numb and take away the pain. I can hardly write. I'm trying my best. I think I might die. For once, I'm not scared. I'm just numb. I feel sadness, but not enough to ask someone to save me. I want to be with God. Maybe tonight I'll get my wish. Or maybe tonight I'll survive. I'm not scared anymore. I will never be scared anymore. And if tonight I live, I will make everyone's life beautiful. I will love with all my heart. Do everything to make people happy. I want the world to be a beautiful place. And I will try my hardest even if I feel bad. I will help everyone that I can. So God, will I die tonight? Or will you help me be a better person tomorrow? It's in your hands. I'm sorry. I love you. June 21st. I will make myself a promise. I promise to myself that today is the day that from now on I will no longer starve myself, binge or purge. I promise that I will no longer weigh myself every day. I will no longer look at myself with tainted goggles. June 21st. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I cannot do this thing called life when all I feel like I'm doing is dying. I'm not happy with myself and I cannot enjoy life when I hate everything no one understands. They think they do, but they don't. I'm crazy. I think crazy things. I know crazy things and I'm just crazy. If you read my journal entries, you would see it. I'm not living. I feel dead. I'm sick of seeing and having horrific things in the news. People are suffering constantly. This world is only getting more evil. I cannot convey the messages I have. I'm not strong enough. I'm sorry to those that will hurt. I cannot ever write anymore. I'm sorry. I am. I hope you can find the happiness that I couldn't. But I know I will be happy with God, the only thing that can make me happy. I just can't anymore. I'm sorry. This young man committed suicide after writing that note. He was found the next morning having hung himself in the family garage when his mother left for work. Our thoughts and prayers go out to this family and to this young man and to all teenagers out there who are suffering with mental illness and depression. We hope you the best. And if you're listening to this and you're suffering from some type of depression, mental illness, something in your life is pushing you towards suicide, 
I implore you to get help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to tell somebody that you need help. Because your life is valuable to someone. And if you can relate to any of the writings that was read here today, find some way to get help.